to episode 254 of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast. This show was engineered on Monday, 24th of August, 2020. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast is brought to you by Jensen USA, where you'll always find a great selection of products at amazing prices with unparalleled customer service. For more information, just go to jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. Hey everybody, it's David from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast at www.thefredcast.com. I'm one of the hosts and producers of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast. For show notes, links, and all sorts of other information, please visit our website at www.the-spokesmen.com. And now, here are the spokesmen. Hi there, I'm Colton Reed, and after the last audio come video episode with Josh Hon of uh, Turn unveiling his company's new GSD electric cargo bike, we're back with our usual suspects: my co-host David Bernstein and attorney Jim Moss. We talk about the Tour de Trump, Joe Biden's bicycling technique, the Tour de France, Airstream bike touring mountain biking in Arkansas, and other stuff. We've got a whole bunch of topics to, to talk about. Uh, I would like to start, and we kind of like preempted this beforehand, and of course, David's been in this industry for so long. Of course he was around at this point. Um, but I've got a story on Forbes.com, and it's actually going uh, uh, quite viral at the moment. It's quite funny. I put it on last night because it's President Trump, of course, and his views of bicycling. And I smuggled in, because I've been around the trade also for an awfully long time, I smuggled in, in this story, even though it's a current story about his views about bicycling now and, and, and Joe Biden, I smuggled in the fact that, well, actually, Trump does have a bicycle connection, and this is a lot of people don't know this, is the Tour de Trump in, uh, in the late 1980s. Um, and then I asked David, I said, David, what do you know about, were you still, and of course, David, you said you were. So let's forget talking about uh, President Trump's views of bicycling right now, but let's just go into uh, Tour de Trump kind of memories. And I'll bring Jim in in a second. So, David, what were you doing uh, in the industry at this point? Yeah, so in in those days, um, I was working for the parent company, well, the parent company of a number of different bike-related brands, but I think the one that most people know the best is Tioga. Um, Tioga was a popular mountain bike and BMX brand. Um, I mean, my goodness, I still see tires on BMX bikes that look a whole lot like the Comp 3s we used to make back (laughs) in the 80s. and uh a lot see you guys you guys remember these uh and uh you know uh we were we were we were sponsoring john tomac at the time um john's john's john was a, a, a great guy a great um he would do anything we wanted when it came to print ads and we put him in some silly ads uh, uh and we were sponsoring tinker juarez and then of course johnny became a a, a roadie as well as some of you may remember um and uh yeah, so we were, I was in, I was in that business at the time. And, uh, certainly we had product, uh, in the Tour de Trump and the Tour DuPont. Uh, and which is um, the race was, that came after. So Tour de Trump yeah. was two years. DuPont was involved with the first two years, but then took on the title sponsorship. And then it faded because this was a Tour de France or meant to be the Tour de France. It was going to be Eastern Seaboard Ooh. to begin with. 
but it was meant to then go the whole of the US, wasn't it? That was the idea. Yeah. Yeah. David, tell me, what was the idea about this race originally? It was going to be bigger than the Tour de France. Well, well, you know, everything Trump does is supposed to be, you know, a superlative, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it was it was intended to be America's Tour de France. Uh, although you could say the same thing about something like the Colorado Classic uh, and some of the other road races uh, from the time. Uh, uh, it, it, it and and it was, of course, <laughs> as again a lot of things with the Trump organization, it was it was it was really intended to get that name out there. Uh, and to uh, be a, an advertisement for, you know, the Trump casinos in, in Atlantic City and things like that. And if you remember, Jim will remember this, at the time, there was an East Coast Interbike yes. in Atlantic City. That's right. Uh, remember that? Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> and it's funny, I was thinking this morning, this is like the time of year nor- when we're not normally talking about the Tour de France, as I'm sure that we will, when we're usually mm-hmm. talking about things like Eurobike and Interbike. So it's kind of depressing that we're talking yeah. about the Tour de France in August and September. <laughs> in but September. No, the, yeah. The, 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 yeah, the Tour de France, the Tour de, de, de Trump and the Tour du Pont were popular among diehard cycling yeah. fans. But at the time, there were far fewer diehard mm. road racing cycling fans than we have today. And I think at the end of the day, uh, and of course, you know, there was no internet and there was, and, and these, and there weren't, you know, 50 million channels on our televisions. Armstrong. Because of those. Armstrong. Yeah, I think because there was no Armstrong. I don't want to talk about Armstrong. Because of all of those things, I just don't think that it was, I think it was bound for failure because of all of Mm. those things. But see, Armstrong came in, he was in the Tour de Pont. He wasn't in the Tour de Trump, but he was Mm -hmm. in the Tour de Pont. So he he just came into that era. Right. And that's when the era built. I know Jim might not want to talk about uh, Lance Armstrong, but you, you cannot escape the fact that he built an industry. Oh, yeah. No, I, I like talking about Lance. Um, I, I, I mean, I, don't, I, I have no idea why, but I have a very different opinion from most of the regular uh, spokesman podcasters. Nobody is wearing the yellow jerseys from his seven wins in the Tour de France. It's just. You know, they can't find anyone to give him to. Uh, he was the best among the dopers, and everybody was doping. So, granted, it was illegal, it was wrong, it was dangerous, it was deadly. But it still was, and he was still the best of the best. And then the argument is, if nobody was doping, would he have still won? And and I, you know, my knowledge is minimal on those issues, but I still think he would have. And so... He made a lot of money and he created a bike industry in the United States. So let's, Jim, let's bring it back to Tour de Trump. So did, were you into watching uh, pro cycling uh, in 1990? I, I watched You remember the Tour, the Tour de, de Trump. Trump? I know. I remember watching the Tour de Trump, but I couldn't hang in there the way I hang in there on the Tour de France. I, I, would, I would watch it for 20 or 30 minutes. And then I'd fade in something else. Back then, I was into being a mountain climbing guide and whitewater rafting guide, that type of stuff. I wasn't into cycling as much. Cycling is what you did to recover from your knee injuries back then. So the the, the story that I did on this wasn't about the Tour de Trump. I just kind of like brought some of that in. But it was the, I don't know if you saw this uh, a couple of weeks ago, is Biden comes past uh, a Fox News reporter who shouts at him. He's on a bicycle. And he comes past the reporter. I mean, how old is he? 77? And he comes past him fast. 
and is able to, you know, mentally uh, say stuff to the reporter as they're coming past. But he comes past really quite fast. So he's, he's clearly, in my piece, I say he's clearly virile, agile, and pretty fit for, a, or very fit for a 77-year-old. And then what the, the story is, then uh, Trump uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, says, I'm never going to ride a bicycle. And we kind of know that because you kind of just look at him and you probably know that he doesn't ride a bicycle. Are you are you with me there? Do you think? Yeah. Do you think he rides so, a bicycle? So here's the interesting. Here's the, here's the interesting thing uh, uh, about that, and that is, if you remember, the president when uh, Biden was vice president was Barack Obama, and he 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 was sort of famous for riding a bicycle for a different reason. If you remember, he was raked over the coals because he was wearing quote unquote mom jeans. Do you, mm. do you guys remember this? That's right. And, 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 and here is, uh, is Biden. And he's like, you said, he's going and he's 77 years old and he's going by on his bicycle. He was, you know, people were shouting questions at him and he's, he's giving answers back, which was, which, which was cool. Not wearing mom jeans. Um, and, and of course, you know, part of Trump's thing, I'm never going to ride a bicycle is because he's worried about getting injured. And then, of course, he has to bring up John Kerry again, who is an actual roadie. Mm-hmm. Um, because remember, yeah, I remember John Kerry had a, had an accident and mm-hmm. uh, and he hurt himself. But, you know, haven't we all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> yeah, well, I could show you scars from surgeries and things. But... I rolled anyway, no, I don't. I don't see Donald Trump getting on a bicycle anytime soon. I I rolled off a cliff on my mountain bike Friday, and to make sure I protected the bike, I made sure it landed on me both times I rolled down the cliff. That was to protect the bike. <laughs> <laughs> see, I think you you mentioned there, David. You mentioned Barack Obama. I, I definitely yeah. think Biden looks better than Barack Obama on a bicycle. He looks more natural on a bicycle. Oh yeah. Of course, okay. if we go backwards, we've got Bush. Uh, on a bicycle, absolutely. If John Kerry George ever w- had to come president, then you'd have had an absolute roadie uh, in, in the White House. Bush was, of course, uh, a mountain biker more than a roadie. Mm-hmm. But Biden, Biden looks pretty good on a bike. Yeah. And we don't really see him on a bike that often. But when we saw him, he looked good. Of course, he, you know, he's neither a roadie nor a mountain biker. You know, he was sort of on a uh, get around the you know, farm bike. bike, if you will. Yeah. And, and there you, you know, go. I don't. I don't think it has anything at all to do with cycling. I think it's that if if Biden would said I like chocolate ice cream, Trump would say I'm never eating chocolate ice cream. I only eat white ice cream, and I use that mm, analogy that way for a specific purpose. I think if David, you should have caught that by now. You should have been grinning. Um, <laughs> I, I, and it doesn't matter what it was. It you know, I Biden loves pancakes and eats at IHOP, and and Trump would never go into an IHOP. It's it's nothing to do with the realities of cycling, which is sad. Um, maybe if he mm. got on a bicycle and and used his got blood flowing to what little brain there is to his brain, um, you know, uh, things could be better. I better shut up. Mm. <laughs> Well, we kind of know that 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 Trump isn't a, isn't a bicycle for all sorts of different reasons. Now, uh, Jim, you're mentioning there that you were watching the Tour de Trump. So it was on television back then. Yes, um, that was one of the big things. Is that the money that 
uh, Trump, Tour de Trump, and and Dupont the sponsors had that brought them in was they got time on TV. Now I don't ever recall watching the entire race on TV, but I can't remember if that's because I didn't watch the entire race or you couldn't see the entire race. Um, but it also was on newscasts every once in a while in the evening, the you know the final hundred yards type of deal. Uh, what we so <laughs> I don't know the history of of what was on TV or what, what people could see bicycle races uh, back in the day. But was that kind of, in your recollection, was that kind of early for seeing pro cycling? So this was quite newsworthy from a, from a, a cyclist point of view that all of a sudden you were getting all of these European guys coming across and you're seeing them in the U S was that early to see cycling yes. on TV? That's the first time I ever remember cycling on TV. Mm. Do you remember anything earlier? David, what were you? What was what was it around? Was that kind of some of the earliest? So was that good from a sponsor's point of view? You were thinking, "Wow, we're on TV here." You know, it's funny. I I don't remember watching that race, but now you know I'm sort of casting my mind back to because I was more involved in the mountain biking scene at the time with mountain biking mm. racing and things like mountain bike racing, um, and 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 any of the mountain bike coverage that was on TV was all pre-recorded, edited. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it as a sponsor of major mountain biking events at the time, a lot of it was um, edited and packaged f- for sponsors. So for mm-hmm. instance, we used to sponsor the famous Kamikaze downhill a- in Mammoth, which was at the time a huge race. And we, part of our contract was to make sure that our name um, was seen uh, on the race course, at the finish line, in the, in the announcements, on TV. And so at the time, you know, obviously we weren't getting the kind of live coverage that we get now, um, which is almost ubiquitous. It mm. was all prepackaged, pre-recorded, um, and quite frankly, a bit hokey. I mean, it just, it was, it was, it wasn't great coverage. It's just a very fast downhill. It's not not nothing really heavily technical about the kamikaze. And it was Miles Rockwell, right. wasn't it? Who was like the top guy at the time. He was the guy to beat. Miles uh, to- Rockwell, Tomac was Tomac as well was was huge at the time. By the way, here's a piece of trivia: John mm. Tomac's son yes. today is one of the top motocross riders in the world. Figures, uh, Eli Tomac. Uh, and and that's that's cool. Anyway, no, at mm. the time it was it was guys like like Ned Overend and John Tomac, even though they were known for and and Tinker Juarez and people like that, because mm. oh, and uh, Greg Herbald. Oh, there's there's a name I've forgotten. Yeah, yeah, and mm. and and at the time, even though they were also known for cross country, because as you rightfully said, the Kamikaze and at the time most downhill at the time was on very wide fire roads. Um, it was only later that they added, uh, uh, jumps and chicanes and things like that mm. to downhill, which I never, sorry, I'm an old guy. I never really liked that. And I actually had a friend, a guy that I actually sponsored, um, who died, uh, on one of those races, um, mm-hmm. because wow. I believe of all of the, the sort of features that they put into the race. And so I, I, I lament the loss of those super fast downhills 
that just are no longer there because now it's all about jumps and and doing cool tricks. But and that was back in the day when they didn't have. I mean, not that it would have made a huge amount of difference if you hit something at fifty miles an hour anyway. But they didn't have armor back then. They were racing in spandex yeah. and a helmet. They had a helmet yeah. on, but they weren't they weren't in like yeah. full on downhill gear. Yeah, um, we all had because I raced downhill at the time. I was crappy, but I raced downhill at the time, and I had a full face helmet. Um, I think I had some 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 maybe some elbow pads and maybe some knee pads, maybe shin mm-hmm. pads. I, I don't remember, but it was all sort of but BMX. It, but it came from the soccer industry or something, you know, the pads. I think I think it came Did from it? BMX at the time because I think people were wearing that for BMX. And of course, where did the BMX gear count come from? It came from the motorcycle industry. So mm-hmm. um, I remember at the time there were a lot of manufacturers of BMX and mountain biking gear that started in the motorcycle industry, which kind of at the time made sense. Mm. Sorry, we're, mm. we're like somebody said, we're we're just a bunch of old guys here, John. Well, we are diverting from from the TV aspect of this because I was doing a segue here for you, David, which was going to be <laughs> how we're going to watch the Tour de France. So yeah. you've raised the point of I mean, in, I'll just tell you mine point of view so from here it, it's not really a huge issue we have a terrestrial tv station we watch it via that or we have uh eurosports we've got two options for in in certainly in the uk um and then of course the internet uh if you want to watch on your on your on your computer you can go and get various streams and, and what have you but the way you were mentioning it as though it's it, it might be kind of problematical for you so how do you watch it in the u.s so for the most, so for most people, depending on their cable package, and I'm I'm a cord cutter, so I have no cable package, um, uh, and I and because of where I live, I can't get anything with with an antenna. Um, if you've got a cable package that has NBCSN, which is the NBC Sports Network, then you can watch the uh, Phil Liggett, Bob Roll, uh, Circus, uh, Jens Vogt, Circus, uh, uh, yeah. Um, general thing i i've grown tired of it primarily because of the number of commercials and the repetitive nature of the commercials so Hmm. for folks in the u.s the option is if you want completely commercial free is to buy the nbc sports gold package which is actually quite reasonable um it gives you like a year for something like 55 dollars, and then it's completely commercial free uh, mm-hmm. And I'm telling you that the, the commercials are repetitive. You see the same yeah, commercials but, every but break. Thank heavens we're watching those commercials because without them, the majority of Americans would not see professional bicycle racing. Uh, and no, no, I, agree. I mean, I, I will, I get up early in the morning. Yeah, MSNBC is about the only way I watch. I get up early in the morning and watch the the podcasts or the the. The shoot that's like an hour late with all the mistakes in it because I think it's hilarious. You know, it's four thirty or five o'clock in the morning, and I don't get up. I'm not an early morning person, and I'm just rolling on the couch, laughing my butt off. Because then you go in and watch it later in the day where they've cleaned it up and they've corrected all the mistakes and stuff. Then you go, he's going to say, "Oh, they cleaned that one up. You got that one right." The second time around, I think it's hilarious. And I told you guys that Velo Sports. Uh, up in Boulder at the the Velo Press, they have a big whiteboard where they put all the announcers' names and they track who makes what mistakes and how many each day, and then have a running total for the whole tour. It's hilarious. So w- w- when I get tired of Phil, and that's usually after about stage two, 
Um, look, here's the problem. Phil Liggett is, 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 I mean, he's, he's probably an encyclopedia of cycling knowledge. Um, but what I find is that they tend, he and his, and the gang tend to dumb it down a little bit sure. for the non-cycling audience. Um, and so every day it's like, we need to tell you what a sprint is. We need to tell you what a KOM is. We need, and, and quite frankly, I don't think there's a whole lot of non-cycling, you know, endemic cycling folks that are watching all the time. So I wish that they wouldn't oh. do that. So if, and when I get tired, then I crank up my VPN and I will watch, um, SBS from Australia, uh, which is pretty good coverage. Um, I can usually figure out a way to watch Eurosport. Um, mm-hmm. the same way. Um, and then if I just want to watch and maybe turn the, you know, turn the volume, sometimes I'll watch France TV again, using a VPN <laughs> so that, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting around the geo restrictions. Look, uh, and, and disclaimer, this may or may not be ethical or legal. I leave that up to you. Um, but, uh, I think this year I'm probably just going to pay for the NBC sports gold just cause it's, it's simpler. I can just turn on my TV and it's, you know, on my Roku or on my Apple TV and I can just not have to worry about screwing around with VPNs and figuring out where all the feeds are. So that's my plan this year. The best place I've found to find where all of this is available is steephill.tv. Steephill.tv. I think he does a, an amazing job of telling you all of the places where you can find the coverage. So can I ask David just just as a bit of left field stuff here? Because because Jim raised this as you know th- this is what actually pays for getting this coverage. Do you have an ad blocker on your uh, your Mac when you're on your browsers so you don't see any ads, mm-hmm. or do you see all the ads? Mm-hmm. I have an ad blocker, and when I go to read your stuff, I have to turn it off <laughs> because Forbes makes me turn it <laughs> off. Forbes has got a lot of ads. Yes, it makes a lot of money. But but um, but no, Forbes literally. So I'm I'm happy to pay your salary. Um, but uh, no, Forbes says, oh, you've got an ad blocker. If you want to see this content, you have to turn it off. So yeah, mm. I have an ad blocker because see, I, I don't. The internet lately, I don't. it's annoying as hell. I know it's I know it's annoying, but I'm kind of with 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 Jim here, in that I'm kind of I know the content's annoying sometimes, but I don't turn it off. So I don't have an ad blocker. Jim, I'm assuming you don't have an ad blocker. No, I actually have an ad blocker, but I do turn it off for some things. Man. (laughs) But but I'm also bugged by the idea that, look, the the only success we're going to have in cycling and in professional bicycle racing in the United States is if we educate more people. It is an extremely Mm. difficult sport to understand for the majority of Americans. I mean, the the Colorado Classic, when it would be on TV or in the the news in the evening here in Colorado, the sports announcers would screw it up every time. And the one great one actually said, um, and his boss and I are friends, you know, why do they have teams? You know, they don't block for each other. They don't, you know, lay their bikes down. And, you know, I mean, he is, you know, I think he can compare it with mm. his football. And so, yes, mm. when someone goes into why a sprint or, or that type of stuff, it just gives me more time to go to the kitchen or go to the bathroom. Um, but, but it's necessary to get mm. the new people on because 
99% of the people that were getting into the sport have no idea how to ride at 21 miles an hour or faster yeah. and to um, get in a pace line. It, it, would, it would scare the daylights out of them and, and to draft. They, you know, they understand drafting from NASCAR. You know, and that's a hundred miles an mm -hmm. hour. They don't understand drafting at 24 miles an hour. Um, we have to explain that if we're going to get the future in. Gail sits down and she watches for a little bit and she asks me questions and I try and be patient and answer them. Um, but it, it's not an easy sport to understand here in the U.S. because it's so completely different from everything we do here that we call a sport. So we could just watch Breaking Away on loop. Just yeah. make people watch that. <laughs> As like, you know, here's your prep. Watch Breaking yeah. Away. You know, um, what you said, Jim, I think is 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 right. Um, and I think that we're getting better at educating the general public about cycling. And I'll, I'll give you an example. I'm on the phone with my mom the other day. And my mom's in her 80s. And she said, you know, I read that the top guy isn't going to be in the Tour de France this year. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, just stop mm -hmm. there for a second. You, The two of you know who I'm talking about, okay? Mm -hmm. But I thought it was cool that my mom, who isn't reading cycling press and isn't following cycling, somewhere in some newspaper that she's reading mm -hmm. during her, you know, lockdown, her quarantine, she found out that Team Ineos said that Chris Froome wasn't going to be in the Tour de France. So explain to her why that was and the fact that, you know, he he had a horrific uh, crash last year. He's lucky to be alive and he's just not quite ready, but they're going to give it to Bernal and he's going to be the standard bearer. And I thought it was cool that my mom read about this. And if my mom's reading mm -hmm. about it, Jim, then I think the general public is, is getting more information these days. More coverage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Mm -hmm. look, if you, if you go to the, you walk out the street, you cross the street to your neighbor and you say bicycle racing, the only <laughs> name they know is Bill Liggett nowadays. I mean, and it's sad. It, so there, there, is, will... there is the aspect here of if people want to know more about it, they, there's the internet. Yes. You can find out about it. Yeah. It must just be that people don't want to know about it. It's not a case of we have to educate people. It's a case of people don't want to be educated. They don't want to watch bicycle racing. It's not because they don't understand it. There's, they just don't want to watch so it. So on my block, there's all sorts of flags out front. There's one guy that's got a Wisconsin flag. There's one guy that's got an Ohio State flag. And everything that's else you. is a Bronco flag, right? I mean, 12 other houses all have Bronco flags, you know, um, this yeah. we have a guy that has a 1960 fire truck that's painted bronco colors we i mean it's th there is a blue beautiful statue at our airport you know with these blazing red eyes and if you look at it as the sculpture it is it's just stunning and people bitch all the time because it's not white to represent the broncos you know we only know this is american football yeah, so, yeah sorry I, 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 yeah. you need to and, educate and me here for, for, and for reference carlton the 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 the, the broncos colors are blue. orange and blue yeah oh, so if I, you'll okay. see a fire truck this is why i'm a rams fan because 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 blue and gold looks much better <laughs> yeah orange i mean you can't miss the well i, I walked into my bank a couple years ago 
on a Friday where it, it is okay, no matter what your profession, to wear an orange and blue Bronco jersey. And the mm-hmm. assistant vice president says, how come you're not wearing your Bronco shirt? And my response was, because I don't own one. And I never wear anybody's name on my back. I'll put my name on my back, but you got to pay me to wear your name. You know, um, I mean, my banker. Well, talk about, talk about, talk about rabbit holes, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> well, it could be that or Airstreams, of course. We could, we could go. <laughs> Don't get us started. But, but just just gotta, to tell people here, yeah, like 15 minutes before we hand, you're talking about Airstreams. You gotta, so you went on a holiday, David. You got to explain yeah, Airstreams. In an Airstream. Did you take a bicycle? Yes. Did you take two bicycles? Of course. Oh, please. Of course. Well, there you so go. So, that's, I, yeah, we, we, so it's a it's a bicycle story. Yes. Then. If, if you took bicycles in your airstream, you can you can mention it on the show. We went to Grand Teton National Park. We rented an airstream. We had an amazing time. And part of the part, what made it amazing, and this is actually this is a bicycle story. A, a lot of times when I go to national parks, I mean, I take my we take our bikes everywhere. But a lot of times mm-hmm. when I go to national parks, I'm scared to death of riding. Um, on the main roads. And the reason right. is because you get people who ha- are first-time renters of Airstreams <laughs> and they're not paying attention when they drive. But here's the thing. Grand Teton National Park um, has some amazing uh, distance uh, uh, and variety of, of, of uh, off-the-road bike paths, which mm-hmm. were great for road riding. We had some great rides through some beautiful scenery, um, and we were off the road, but we were on pavement. It was, and there were a lot of roadies actually, especially on Saturday and Sunday. So I'm, I, I've ridden in Yellowstone, I've ridden in in the, at the Grand Canyon, I've ridden in a lot of national parks, but I'm going to tell you, Grand Teton National Park had some great facilities for cyclists. So you didn't need a mountain bike. You didn't need a gravel bike. No, you you just took your road bike and you were fine. Yeah, Yeah. we got to. Yeah, and 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 we got to explain the airstream thing. My parents uh, started their retirement (laughs) forty years ago by getting an airstream and taking off and living in it for a month, and then the next year two months, and eventually six months until finally, for a couple years, they lived in airstreams full time. They then found a place in Florida where they bought a house where you had to own an Airstream to be able to buy a house in this community. And they traveled. And my parents have been to Alaska with their Airstream. They've been all over the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so the my mom's Airstream number is 323. She was the international recording secretary for the club or something. I don't know. Um, and so when he brought up Airstreams. <laughs> I'm not getting that oh, in. Oh, you got you. to. You will. The cult <laughs> is coming for you. They have their own clothing. They have a songbook. They have a pledge. The cult is coming. So this was we had before the the show started. We had you two waxing lyrical about Airstream. And David, are you now going to get an Airstream? Are you thinking thinking about it? No, I'm thinking about it. You can do more bicycling. Well, No, our plan is this. Our... It's 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 a way of going to some amazing places for both road riding and mountain biking and not having to worry about things like hotels and tents and things like that. And we had a great time. Um, so we will probably. Yeah, we're, we're looking. And we're it's looking the at. most phenomenal and mm-hmm. safest way to haul a bicycle. You got 
$100,000 of aluminum around your bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am not spending that kind of money, so I don't want anybody thinking that. Anyway, <laughs> next subject, Carlton. <laughs> uh, Arkansas. Uh, yeah. Bentonville. So, Jim, this is this is your cue for talking about Bentonville and talking about so, the 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 heirs to a certain fortune. So I I, uh, I am on all these uh, press lists, obviously, and one of them I got in May during the pit. Well during the pandemic, which we're still doing with, announced that Bentonville, Arkansas was the mountain bike capital of the world. And, and if you go to the Bentonville, Arkansas, you know, tourism page, it's the number one thing on the page. And, and the reason is the last time I actually looked at the number, I know that the grandsons, great grandsons, the heirs of the Walmart fortune had put 30 mm. some million dollars into Arkansas mountain biking. They have the longest mountain bike trail. Mm-hmm. There's a 500 mile mountain bike trail, I guess. Um, they own, uh, what's the clothing company they just bought the other day? Um, starts with a P. Um, but, you know, because of them. Well, they're long-time investors in Rafa. Yes. They, they, so they, 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 they own Rafa or they own Rafa for a yeah, number of years. they bought Rafa. They, they're now sole owners of Walmart's now the sole owner of Rafa. Um, and it's, it's big. I mean, uh, they've, they've hosted the world uh, races, mountain bike and cross races there for years now. Um, I mean, they're supporting uh, mountain biking and living here in Denver, where I've been riding at least or in Colorado once a week and not repeated a trail since, you know, uh, and, and riding areas where on a trail you'll see and every 10 miles, four trails take off and go different directions from their main trail. Um, you know, I mean, mountain biking, just you just go for days here. It just cracks me up to see that Bentonville is the mountain bike capital of the world. I mean, I'm glad they're putting the money into it. So I've And Bentonville has realized. I've it. never been there. Me either. I've been to Colorado, so I know you, and I've, I've, I've certainly been to Park City, of course, uh, Deer Valley, David. But is is yeah. Bentonville, Arkansas, is it a, is it ski? <laughs> is there skiing there in the winter and they've just extended it out, or is it they've just made a mountain bike community out there? So they haven't got that infrastructure so, of it being a ski resort. The highest point in Arkansas is 2,753 foot. I don't. Hmm. It's not my understanding that Arkansas is a ski no, destination. They have, hmm. but no, I've never heard. They it. have a ski area. I, as 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 hmm. a resident of Park City, Utah, which is a gold, actually the first gold level mountain hmm. biking destination, according to IMBA. I hmm. need to note that Bentonville is only a silver level, and we were the first gold level, <clears throat> and that here we have four hundred and fifty miles of trails. Uh, and of course we do have actual mountains, uh, Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, we do have the infrastructure for skiing and don't forget we're also a resort community, which means we have lots of restaurants and bars and nightclubs Mm -hmm. and things like that when the pandemic is over. So I just need to defend, uh, a real mountain biking destination, uh, which is, yeah, it's an interesting claim. And it's it's like all of these, (laughs) you can, you can claim what you like. Nobody's going to stop you. Um, apart from other resorts, they'll go, well, hang on. And then there's like a, a bidding war goes on. One of on. my riding buddies has gone to 
the area twice for the world championships and really mm-hmm. sort of yeah. skipped the racing because the riding was so phenomenal. Um, he says the trails are mm-hmm. immaculate. He says they're perfect. And they just rode all the whole time and then would get back in time to watch the finish. Um, but, you know, it's what, 12 hours driving versus eight minutes. <laughs> Can, can yeah, I, I can. See, you, you've question. sent me some links here, so I'll put that in the in the show notes. Thank you. I have a cynical question. First cynical? of all, I, forgive David. me for the ignorance, but yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize that. First of all, that they that they bought a majority stake in Rafa. I looked that up while you guys were 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 chatting there, um, and of course, Walmart does sell bicycles. <laughs> not that I would necessarily take them on trails. I would um, take them out of the store. Them. So, so the cynical question. Yeah, so the cynical question is this. Is this just sort of a marketing effort to sell more bikes and more clothes? No. The the grand I, they just got lots of money. Yeah, the grandsons they like mountain. Yeah, bike. they love mountain. Stu- bike. Stuart Walton. We, yeah. Stuart you spelled this Stuart uh, funny. It's kind of it's not the normal yeah. way of spelling Stuart, uh, but uh, I think he's one of the key ones. Oh, okay. Uh, so he, they've just got a ton of cash. So they've spent it on their their, their predilection, which is is mountain biking, and okay. they certainly wouldn't have made any money from from Rafa because Rafa was losing uh, lots of money. So again, it was almost a vanity purchase. Yeah, they got it for the protein to, to to buy this iconic brand, Rafa. Um, okay. But they 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 do have a pro. I'm, I'm, I'm really apologize here. I'm I'm not going to search for this. I'm trying to think of it in my head. It begins with a V. But they've got a pro mountain bike brand, uh, which was oh, uh, one of these. Um, the handmade bikes. But they've declared bankruptcy yes. twice. Um, no, no, it's not that one. It's a different one. I'll, I'll, I'll search it up later on. But it's a V. And I've done stories on it, so I should know this. Uh, so they own – oh, no, hang on. That's Walmart owns that. I do apologize. It's Walmart owns that, not the Walton um, grandsons. So that's different. This Biothon? is where it becomes confusing. Yes, yes, thank you. That's the one. So Walmart owns that. But, of course, the Walton grandsons here, they're on the Walmart uh, board, but their businesses are, are totally different from Walmart. Okay. So they're not trying to, you know, get more business into, to, into entry-level Walmart bikes at all because they're, they're totally separate businesses. Yeah. But that would be like me. Yeah, well, these Viathon bikes are not going to be sold in Walmart. Yeah. That would be like me opening a lemonade stand. Uh, the, the plan was eventually to maybe, but yeah, it was a, it was a standalone thing. Yeah, that's like that's too me opening to a lemonade stand to support my income as an attorney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's pinprick stuff for sure. Huh. So while we're talking about product and we're talking about mm. uh, where you can get uh, bicycles from, David, um, mm. do we know any... Any uh, retailers of, of of bicycles who might have gear advisors? Do we know any? Do we have any stories we can tell about uh, 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 such a brand, David? As a matter of fact, we do. What a, what a great question, Carlton! <laughs> I am so glad you asked. You know, there is a site. There's a site on the internet that you can go to where you can find gear advisors. It's called JensenUSA.com slash the spokesman. Make sure you use that URL. Jensen mm-hmm. USA is our longtime loyal and wonderful sponsor, uh, and and it is a place where where you can call 
when you have questions before you make a purchase. And I'm going to give you an example. So we we were just talking about Airstreams. I rented one. I'm going to come around to, to a point here. And in order to do that, I needed I needed to buy a bunch of products for the trailer hitch on my car. And there is a website that you go to and they say that you can talk to them and ask them questions. I did that. I called. I asked them questions. I, I, I bought a bunch of products and it turned out not, they weren't, it wasn't the greatest advice. The point of the story is this. A lot of times when you're dealing with internet retailers, when you call, you may not necessarily be getting somebody on the phone who has the kind of intimate knowledge of the products that you're looking for. But when I've called the gear advisors at Jensen USA, what I have found is that they know their stuff. And the advice that they give you is really good. And the reason for that is simple. They're cyclists. They're riding to work to and from. They're riding on the trails around Jensen USA at lunch or on the roads. And so they know the products that they're selling. So if you're looking for advice to, on buying a product, the best thing you can do is go to JensenUSA.com, get their phone number, and give a call to one of their gear advisors. And while you're there, here's what you're going to find. You're going to find a great selection of products at really competitive and excellent prices. And of course, those gear advisors to give you some great customer support. We, I would recommend them even if they weren't a sponsor, but because they're a sponsor, it makes it that much easy, easier. But in order to show them that you heard about them on the spokesman, do us a favor and go to that URL. It's JensenUSA.com slash the spokesman. And if you'll go there, they put some products up there every once in a while that change, that are some good suggestions, some things that we like and some things that they like. But go to that URL to let them know that you heard about them here on The Spokesman. That's JensenUSA.com. We thank them a ton for their support. And we thank you for supporting Jensen USA. I'm so glad you asked that question, Carlton. <laughs> it, it, it seems to come up every show. Isn't that odd? It, I don't know why. Yeah, you know. <laughs> It's one of those topics. One of those perennial topics. It was funny though because when you started, you started asking the question, and I thought to myself, "Where is he going with this?" <laughs> <laughs> now uh, we were talking before about the Tour de France, but we can we can segue back to the the, the Tour de France. Um, uh, and and I know I know David I know both of you were saying we shouldn't really talk about um, a certain pandemic um, um, issue. It is pretty much unavoidable at the moment, however. And we talked the last time we were together about whether the Tour de France is going to go on. It right now it does seem as though it's going to go on. And one of the ways they they are, are, are making sure it goes on is having this rule, which um, I think Velo News broke the story. Um, uh, two or three days ago, where the the, the protocol they're going to use, the ASO, the organisers of the Tour de France, is two strikes and you're out, in effect. So if you have two riders uh, who test positive, the whole team is out of the, the Tour de France. I just riders. I, I mean, it wasn't somebody oh, sorry, yes. they were upset. Yeah, I mean, it could be a bus driver. It could yes. be a soignier. It could be yes. anybody. Anybody, anybody involved with the team? Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you're right. So, do you think that's gonna? I mean, this is a, it's a three week. That's an awfully long time, and especially when you look at the cases in France are going up. Yep. They're going up quite yeah, fast. The UK, so, the closer we get to the Tour de France, that that's gonna be 
and we also know that you know the the, the world championships are already off so france is putting on this massive massive event with these protocols are they enough david to do you think the show will last the whole three weeks the 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 show that is the greatest annual sporting event i am neither a doctor nor a scientist um, um but but i have done a lot of reading uh and i have been following this very very closely um and if you th- and and so a couple of things number one uh, you're right uh, the case case numbers in europe unfortunately over the last couple of days and weeks have been increasing um and, uh, people are getting very concerned about a second surge um happening and so that that's that's an issue um a number of teams have already had positives um throughout the last few weeks and so that's a concern um they're putting the teams in sort of mini bubbles which mm-hmm. is sort of a silly thing when you think about the fact that okay but then they're out on the roads of France and they're all uh, drafting and in a peloton so i i just i i have doubts about that and then you think about think about this i was again because my mother asked me about chris Froome, uh, and so she was asking me the same question you asked about do, do, will they actually be able to pull this off mm. let's talk about a climb and the top of a climb and what it looks like uh during a normal race and doesn't that seem a bit dangerous to you from a mm. a, a a a an infection prevention uh, standpoint? So my hope, because I'm looking forward to watching the race, my hope is that it will go all three weeks, and I pray that nobody gets sick. But the realist in me is very concerned about whether or not this will happen. Now, I'm very curious to hear what um, Justice uh, Moss has to say. (laughs) Well, I think you'll be one of the most effective uh, virus um, movement centers in the world. Um, How many colleges and universities had these great plans, spent the summer disinfecting, and then tried to tell 20-year-olds not to get close to each other and failed miserably. And now mm. are all, you know, we, I mean, we think we're up to a dozen that had students on campus and now the students have been sent home and saying, you're going to learn virtually this year. Um, I, I, I mean, I love the Tour de France. I, I love everything about it. I, you know, it's just the, one of the greatest spectacles that we see each year and spectacles meaning a good word for the first time, but you've got, People screaming bloody murder on the sidelines, and you know that they're spewing particles all the way across the road, and these riders are going to be riding through that. Um, if if you got a two-strike rule, you better have quarantined your entire staff and bus drivers a week and a half ago so that you got at least 14 days going in. Um, I don't care how much testing they do. The, 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 Testing is good for an hour, you know, and then you could be sick and, and spewing. Um, you know, the, a study just came out that kids don't get the disease, but they all spread it. Um, 
in fact, uh, I mean, some, some astronomical numbers, above 50% of the kids in some areas have had the disease, but have shown no symptoms. And yet they are still able to spread the disease. Um, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, you're going to have to put barriers up the entire 180 mile route sometimes, 120 mile routes to be able to keep people away. And then you got people in the Peloton. I mean, I know going uphill that I ride breathing solely through my nose with my mouth closed. Okay, people can climb back in the chairs after falling out. Um, you know, you're, you know, I, if I'm wearing a mask, I take it off because I think it's slowing down oxygen. And I need all the oxygen I get, especially with our fires right now. Um, I, I just, I mean, I hope, I pray, I want, but I don't think it's going to work. I just, it's just no way. You, you so, are you guys are you guys riding hmm. with masks, like wearing them? Riding, riding, actually riding, riding. No, riding, riding. I no, wear Jim. a buff, keep it around my neck, and then when I yeah. see somebody, yeah. I pull it up. Um, unless yeah. somebody's gotten off okay. the trail a long ways, and a lot of people are doing that. A lot of people, are, you know, it used to be people pull the bikes off or step off the side of the trail so you can pass. Mountain biking, uh, road biking. You know, it's it's the slalom weave, as I say. You're just, you know, you're working your way around people. Um, a few of them are wearing masks, but very few people are wearing masks outside here in Denver. Um, yeah. And most of the time, yeah. I'm not really either. And and after the first five minutes of riding, so, it's soaking it? wet anyway with sweat. <laughs> but, right. About two months ago, there was a, sounds strange to say this, but there was a viral posting i think it was on medium.com uh, of athletes there was like the graphic of the droplets uh being breathed out to, into um the outside air and then how many people it, it would infect outside and then there's a huge controversy over that particular it was, graphic it was controversial and, and, and saying too. it's not as dangerous out there it was controversial and it was it was by bert blocken i know the guy who did it he, he's the aerodynamicist so he's the guy who models um, aerodynamic effects um, um, of, of, of cycling. So he was then out of his comfort zone, I think, here, and he was doing this particular uh, modeling. Got shot down in flames very quickly by lots and lots of other experts. Uh, but that a lot of that has still is still lingering in that you should be wearing masks even outside. And it came from that particular uh, Burt Blocken uh, uh, modeling. But David, are you, are you saying you are wearing a mask outside, no. and and no, the no, reasoning no, no, no. behind it, it just, is, or no, no, I'm not. Um, uh, I'm like Jim, you know, with the buff. Um, um, I can't imagine climbing, you know, a, a mountain with a with a mask on. I just think it would be tough. But I'm not around anyone, you know. Maybe my wife because we ride together, uh, or my daughter. But um, the good news is, I'm lucky. I'm fortunate in that I live someplace where even when I'm out for a long ride, I'm usually not seeing anybody. And if Nobody. I'm seeing them, mm. you know, I'm passing them really, really oh. quickly. And at least according to like, for instance, the doctor who's in charge of our department of health here in, in our County, you know, he says it's all about viral load. He says, mm -hmm. if you're outside and you're hiking and you're just passing somebody, you're not getting that load. Um, and again, I'm not a doctor or scientist, so don't believe anything I say, but, um, so I, anyway, no, 
Short answer is no. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm, I've got the buff, and I'm. And you're you're not day. passing or seeing anybody when you ride. I choose where I go. So, for instance, on the weekends, riding around here in Park City, the the roads are are literally clogged with cyclists. I choose not to ride in Greater Park in in the Park City area in this valley. Um, I will drive someplace to go for a ride. Because mm. A, there's fewer cars and B, there's fewer people and C, I can generally, I get, you know, I get tired of riding in the same place every single day. So during the week mm. I'm riding in Park City and on the weekends I go up someplace where the, the, usually there's far, far, far fewer people. Mm. See, wow. you know, in the last show I actually griped about this and this is a, a, a crazy and stupid thing to gripe about, but the fact that the teams don't have team masks they and they still right. don't. And yeah. I'm just, I am, I am just. I am blown away that they haven't got um, logoed up masks. That's just I, I, wh- why not? You can make them medical. You can make them. You can make them. Just put some covering over. And, and you, these are big bits of real estate for putting in front of the TV cameras. That you can find a place in around Park City to ride. I, I went for a mountain bike ride on Friday. Yeah, we started a well-known parking lot, but and we rode for four and a half hours. Um, which I figured out with a keto diet is stupid. Um, I, I got to switch things because man, when you, when you bonk on keto, you're done. Um, there's just nothing and nothing you can do. So, um, but we probably passed, I'd say 150 cyclists. Well, but hey, you're talking about mountain bike. even road riding. Road riding. I, I, I bet you there's 10 times more cyclists out right now on the road, wherever. I mean, on the bike trails, they're just, they're just crowded. I mean, they're literally crowded. I used to go for a ride at certain times on the bike trails and I wouldn't see anyone for miles. And I'm seeing, I mean, literally 10 times more cyclists. Um, and, and, and 10 times, so let me give you uh, 10 an times example. more African-American cyclists, which is, I, is really great. Um, the diversity is awesome right nowadays, but hundreds of cyclists. Um, yeah, but you, you live, you, your, your, you, your greater metropolitan area has more population than my entire state. Um, and, and I'll give you an example. So on, on every year on my birthday, I ride my age in miles plus one to grow on. So this year, I rode from essentially the Park City area to Evanston, Wyoming. Okay. You think we saw any cyclists out there? No. <laughs> it was us. It was the two wow. of us, and See, that was it. Mm. And a bunch of cows and antelope. You, you drive to joking. the mountains. Well, first of all, I mean, in, in a, right now you can ride other than for a six-mile section from downtown Denver to Utah on bike trails. Okay, we've got a six-mile section in a canyon. Mm-hmm. We haven't got well. You can't get there right now because, of course, uh, I seventy through Glenwood Canyon's closed because of our fires. Um, but I saw that. I mean, there we have cyclists everywhere. Um, there, there are if you go into the bike shops. Um, I, I thought they had some new bikes on display, and I walked around yesterday, finally, and looked at the new bikes, and it was just repair stuff that they had no place else to put, so they put it in the stands where they normally have bikes for sale. But there are bikes that I haven't seen in 20 or 30 years 
that are being brought out of closets and attics and garages and said, here, fix this up. I want to ride it. Including, did you know that Ford made an electric bike 25 years ago? Lee Iacocca invented an electric mm -hmm. bike. And this bike, my bike shop, Green Mountain Sports, had one on the show floor. And it was a beautiful bike. Um, when when he left, he, he then started a, an electric bike yeah, company. And they were sold by Ford dealers. And this guy actually gave one. It, I, it was mm. amazing. I was stunned about how how closely it matched what we have today. You know, one of the, mm. talking about electric bikes, one of the things we've talked about on this show for years and years and years and years is electric bikes. Um, and what I'm finding lately around here is that I'm seeing an explosion of electric bike sales. Um, there's just, it seems to me like there's electric bikes. The everywhere. only electric bikes that I can find right now are the extremely high end $6,000 electric bikes from Cannondale. Uh -huh. Other than that, there's nothing left. Uh -huh. And, and uh, Friday's ride, four hours of riding, we saw four electric bikes, electric mountain bikes. Ooh. Do you know what I'm getting yeah, next? My next, my Lexa electric bike, and it's from a good friend of yours, David, that we mentioned last show as well, uh, Josh, at Turn. Oh, no. uh, so I, I had a big, a, a big uh, episode with him. Uh, the last, last, in fact, uh, episode right. two five three of the Spokesman there was actually a show with 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 Joshua. Okay, so uh, they're sending me one of those bikes. So to, nice. to, to trial. So it's the new yep. GSD with all these trick new features on it. So I'm going to have that for a, I, a, a couple of weeks to, to ride around on. And that is yeah. an expensive, that's like uh, $8,000 yeah. up, isn't it? That's the, and you get the, all the bells and whistles and you're talking $12,000. So, but that's a cool bike. And that's, that's, rides, that's, yeah. that's, 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 that's a bike gets, that gets rid of your car. He rides his son to soccer practice and his son is on the back of the bike reading. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. that was a, one besides an amazing podcast and an amazing story about this bike, the fact that was the thing that I left with was it's so comfortable and it's so easy to ride that your son on the back on the way to soccer practice is reading. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah. Now they've done well with that, uh, that particular bicycle. So... We could ramble on about uh, airstreams, electric bikes, Tour de France, the pandemic. We could we could keep on going, uh, but we can't. We have got to stop at some point, and this is the point we are going to stop. Uh, it's that point of the show where David would would used to say the tips, but because I'm in charge, we don't have tips. Um, <laughs> if people think we ought to have tips again, then absolutely we'll we'll bring it back. <laughs> no, 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 let us know. I, I love that part of the show, but that's okay. It's your show. Uh, so what we normally do uh, when we don't have uh, tips is, uh, or we, and tips, we, we can have both, of course, is uh, we say where we can actually find each other on, uh, on, on social media. Um, so, Jim, where can we see you and your grumbling dog on social media? Dogs. Two of them. 250 dogs. Um. <laughs> One of them's over in the corner. Um, the easiest way to find me is just to Google recreation law. Uh, Recreation.law at gmail.com. Recreation-law.com as my website blog. 
um, or, or, or actually you now Google Jim Moss. I think I keep popping up. Um, people are working on that, getting rid of me. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and in all honesty, people, um, I, I only get contacted like once every, you know, once a year, once every six months. And, and I enjoy comments from readers and, and a lot of them have, have straightened me out and helped me out. And so please do not hesitate to get a hold of me if you have a question. And, and I'm not, you know, I mean, if it's a short five minute legal question, I answer it because it's quicker to email you than to bill you. Um, it takes 20 minutes to do a bill. <laughs> so um, if, you, if you've got a question or a con, let us know. We like knowing what you like hearing so we can talk about it. We may not talk about it because, you know, we're, we're going to talk. We're going to follow our script anywhere we end up going but um <laughs> but yeah get a hold of us um recreation.law at gmail.com love to hear from you really really okay. would okay and the world's vpn expert david where can we ah <laughs> and i'm not going to tell you which vpn i use because they don't sponsor the show um <laughs> yeah i think the best place to find me these days is on instagram i'm fredcast on instagram but if you want to shoot me an email my email address has not changed in all my how long has it been carlton like 15 years of podcasting yeah. um yeah. the fredcast at gmail.com the fredcast at gmail.com or again on instagram Are you ever gonna fredcast. ever ever gonna bring that show back david ever it's an excellent question um I have toyed with doing a slightly different show, which I'm not going to explain here. Someday I will do it. The problem with okay, the problem with the Fredcast is the amount of of preparation time that it took. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know, if let's say I did an hour long Fredcast, that was probably four hours of recording and editing and and post producing time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to prepare for an hour long Fredcast took me sometimes six, seven, eight hours. And I just, I got to the point where it was just too much time. Yeah, that's a, that's a day. Uh, the, 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 yeah, well, it, it was time that I took throughout the week. And so that took me away from my family. It took me away from my job and all of the, you know, my, my paying job. Um, I, I miss it. I miss the, the interaction with the listeners. Um, I, I won't lie. I miss the product tests um, and, and, and the swag and stuff like that. But... Uh, the show I've been, I've sort of been noodling about for the last couple of years would not take that kind of preparation. It's more of a, of a one-on-one interview show. Um, someday I'll do it. And I, it would not. Because your feed will still be there. You just pump it yeah. down the same feed. So people who've got yeah, it, I, you know, I, previously I, had it, probably haven't deleted it. It's just, it's still going right. to come out. Yeah. And, and my thought would be that if I did this new show, I would put I would put the first few episodes into the feed with a little sort of a a, a prelude to to say, hey, you know, Fredcast listeners, this is what I'm now doing, blah 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 blah. But for now, I just I got to focus on 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 business and family and airstreams <laughs> and riding. Just remind I people. Mean, I mean, that, that show, David, that was the because it, it was a, such an early show. Yeah. It was the biggest show. So the Fredcast yeah. at the time. And for a num- good yeah. number of years, was the biggest bicycling yeah. podcast. Yeah, it, it had the most listeners. Um, I, I got, especially during the tour, mm-hmm. um, I got, I mean, the number of downloads per show was was astronomical for a cycling show. Um, mm-hmm. 
It's interesting though, around the same time, a number of other cycling podcasts, there was, there were a couple that were around before I started. And then there were a couple that started shortly thereafter. And there are a couple that are still around that are extremely successful. Um, and that are well monetized. Good for them. Um, so I think that's Who are you talking about, David? Who are you talking about? So the two Johns are still around. Um, and they're still doing their thing. Um, the uh, Velocast, our friends, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. are are doing very well, and they're monetized. And 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 then you know, there's there's some other people. I mean, there's uh, I go, I can see her face. I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. She's such a nice woman. Um, Outspoken podcast. We know her. She was at uh, press camp. Um, she's great. Just just such a nice person. Thanks to my co-host David Bernstein and attorney Jim Moss. Links for the stuff we talked about can be found on the-spokesmen.com. The next episode could be another product unveil. Watch out for that on September the 1st. And I mean watch out, because it should be another video. It'll also be available on uh, the audio, of course, but it'll be on the YouTube channel that I've got, which I'll embed on, of course, the-spokesman.com. Meanwhile, get out there and ride.